This is Dynasty Portfolio Weekly, hosted by Scott Connor. What is good, everyone? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Dynasty Portfolio Weekly. I will be the host, Scott Connor. Everyone knows me from X at Charles Chill FFB, content manager here at Destination Devi, and well-renowned portfolio dynasty player. And that is what this is going to be all about. And you may be sitting there thinking, I don't have a dynasty portfolio. Why would I tune in to the rest of this show? And I'm here to talk a little bit as to how, even if you do not have a dynasty portfolio, I have 50 plus leagues. If you only have a couple teams, if you only have 10 teams and you don't care for a portfolio strategy, hopefully this show is still going to be valuable to really navigate some of the nuances of why I play dynasty the way that I do. So I urge everybody, even if you're not a portfolio player, even if you do not appreciate that strategy, tune in. You may learn something from this. And this is going to be a follow-up weekly. The podcast on the Destination Devi radio feed, Destination Dynasty, is the show that I put out every Monday. And then the article that I write coming out every Tuesday, Tectonic Transactions, talks a little bit about the way that I get to some of my portfolio moves. And I don't really have a place other than on Trades in 5 or on Destination Chill to answer some of the follow-up questions from those pieces of content. And typically, those other shows or other YouTube streams don't really have the time or capacity to talk about nuanced questions that I get about roster construction or about portfolio management. And that's what this series is going to be about. This is going to be a 10 to 15-minute show weekly, just talking about a portfolio strategy or something that I'm doing to navigate the dynasty space. And today, I'm going to start with a question that I got in response to the last Destination the Dynasty show. This is from Dynasty Scaredy in our Discord. If you're interested in joining the Discord, check it out on patreon.com backslash all gas or join the Destination 5 tier on the website at destinationdevi.com. So this question came from Dynasty Scaredy, and he said, I listened to your podcast this morning on tight ends. And you mentioned this will come in a future show, but I wanted to see if I could get a sneak peek as to the why. And he mentions, and he doesn't give the format of his individual league, but he mentions that he has too many tight ends, and he specifically names Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, Jawan Johnson, and Noah Fant, and I can't trade them for anything. Then he mentioned that there's some backup running backs on the waiver wire and some backup quarterbacks on the waiver wire as well. And he asked, is the recommendation just to drop a couple of these lower tiered options to pick up quarterbacks or running backs? And I haven't gotten to the running back or the quarterback roster construction strategy yet on Destination Dynasty. So this specifically about tight ends, but he mentioned that he has this issue. And I don't know the format. On the show, I talked about a 1.75 tight end premium start one. Anything above that, I mentioned some of the nuances, but really most people are playing in that type of format, 1.75 premium or below, meaning this is probably applicable to a lot of people. And essentially what Dynasty Scarity is saying is I've identified a roster construction issue. I have too many tight ends and none of the tight ends have any value in my league. And if you plug your league into the war tool, DestinationDevy.com. Check out the war tool. Sync your sleeper ID. Sync your MFL ID. You can pull up the war for your league. You will notice that in most formats, two things are true. One, the tight ends score less points across the board 
almost from start to finish than every other position. So they are the least dominant position in terms of points per game or war contribution to your team. The second thing you'll notice is the nature of the position. The scoring flattens off very quickly once you get to tight end four, five, six, seven, all the way down to outside of what you would consider to be startable range, it flattens off. So we've identified two things using the war tool. One, tight ends don't matter that much. And two, tight ends in the bulk of the ranges where you're probably rostering them also don't matter much. And again, go back and listen to Destination Dynasty from November 20th, and I talk a little bit about that to where how do you roster construct knowing those two things are true for this given format. And then it comes over to this question that Dynasty Scarity posed, I have too many tight ends, and really what this is saying is I have a roster construction problem. How do I fix it on the fly? It's very easy to listen to a roster construction show, run the war tool, and say, I haven't started my league yet. I'm going into the startup draft or the startup auction, and I haven't built my team. Well, okay, when you're there, you probably have a much better idea of how I want to build my team, where I want to allocate my resources. If we all knew a lot of this, and I'm guilty as charged, the majority of my leagues, I didn't have the war tool. I didn't have this roster construction strategy that I've implemented over the last couple of years in tow when I started most of my leagues. So I've already faced a lot of this. This was probably a 2021, 2022 thing for me of my leagues are not in the construction that I want. How do I fix them on the fly? You can't go backwards. You can't take back startup picks. You can't not make that auction bid. You can't re-roll some of the draft picks that you've used and or wasted over the past couple of years. But what you can do is go, let bygones be bygones. I'm going to move forward with the right strategy to help me get closer to my roster construction. And this is where I think the portfolio thinking comes into play. Because as a portfolio player, I'm always thinking about these small little edges. And I'll give you the example. So in Dynasty Scarity's example, he states, I know I'm out of roster construction. He's probably carrying too many tight ends. He didn't even mention if he has any that are better. He just mentioned those four. Again, Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, Jawan Johnson, and Noah Fant. Now, he may very well have one that's actually a good starter above those guys. So essentially, these four are sitting on his bench, and they're doing two things. One, they're occupying roster spots. So they're occupying a spot that you could use for something else. We all get that, but a lot of people will go, well, how do I fix it? And that's the basis of this question. Do I just cut them? And the answer is not, that wouldn't be the first thing that you would do because there's other ways around it. And here's the way to navigate it. So let's say you found that you're in one of these spots where you have too many tight ends. I don't want to say they're roster cloggers because roster cloggers has a negative connotation, but in all intents and purposes, they're roster cloggers. So I have these four tight ends and here's one of the ways that you can fix it. You go through all four of them. There may have been a window in time where you could have played them. Definitely Logan Thomas. Definitely Hunter Henry. But the first thing that it's doing when you have this setup is, A, you're having to pick between them each week, so it's making your choices stressful. And B, when you build a team, let's say you didn't have a good tight end ahead of these guys, and you said, I'm just going to play the platoon. The platoon is going to allow you to think that you can make good decisions week to week. But the reality is at tight end, 
The war tells you differently. The war tells you it's very difficult when you're talking about a group of tight ends that are going to give you less than half a war or half a win across the season. I'm trying to pick when they're going to spike. I'm trying to pick when a guy's going to get five targets instead of two, when a player's going to score a touchdown instead of not. So it creates this bias where we think we're going to be able to platoon. It sounds great on paper because a lot of times in the offseason, we analyze things through a hindsight lens. We go, well, we saw what happened week one through 17, and it's going to repeat next year. So I'm going to be able to make decisions within that context. And the reality is that's not true. So this setup not only wastes the roster spots, but it creates decisions to where I don't want to make a decision in this range where the war is low and the war line is flat. That is not where I want to stress over having to make a decision. I just want to kind of let go, pick a player in that range. If you're stuck with a tight end in this range, and I talk about this on the podcast, if you're stuck with a tight end in this range, get one of them or get two of them and just play them. Never decide. Never waste extra roster spots. And because you're starting guys that are so low on the totem pole, it doesn't matter if they get injured and you need another one because you know what's very close to the level of Noah Fant? Replacement value off waivers. So yeah, it sucks. You've chosen to allocate your assets not at tight end. But if you're then stuck with someone like Noah Fant or Juwan Johnson, don't add more Noah Fants and Juwan Johnsons because it's diminishing returns. You're just wasting roster spots and you're more likely to make the wrong decision when picking between them because you have more choices. So back to his question, what do you do? And so this is classic portfolio behavior right here. You look and you say, okay, of all of these guys, do I have a lot of ownership of a couple of them? Is there a reason I have these four? And then I simply say, the war tells me I don't care which of these players I have. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and spam all four of these guys for thirds. And if you're on sleeper, 24 thirds, 25 thirds, 26 thirds. I don't care about the player. I don't care about any story you can tell yourself about how one guy is going to land in a better situation or things are going to turn around and this player is going to start smashing again. None of that is relevant here. You've already admitted you're out of roster construction. You have to fix it ASAP. Now, here's probably what's going to happen. And this is just classic response that you get as a portfolio player that sends out hundreds and hundreds of trades every week. 95% of those trades are going to be rejected. Probably that many are going to be rejected without a counteroffer. Someone sees Jawan Johnson in their inbox for a third and a start one 1.5 premium. And they just say, I'm not interested. They don't even see a reason to counter because it's not a player that they're interested in. In fact, these same players may already have a lot of tight ends in this range because there are a lot of them. And they go, I already have five tight ends. Why do I need to buy Hunter Henry? Why do I need to buy Logan Thomas? So they'll just decline. Now, there may be one or two people. And again, if you spread your wealth across 24, 25, and 26, in a 12-team league, you've now given yourself potentially 33 additional third-round picks that you could propose a trade for. And again, the value here is getting them off your roster, right? The whole goal was I'm out of construction. I don't want these four players. I only want one of them. Maybe I only want two, depending on if you have any other tight ends. 
But the goal is to get rid of them. And the first thing isn't just to cut them to waivers. It's not to drop them for a running back. It's to spam for a third across your entire portfolio. And this is where I think people that are not portfolio players will never look at it from this high arcing view of, I have a lot of quote unquote dead weight. And if I can turn it into a third, then I should just send out the offers, especially if I've run the war and I know my roster construction is not aligned with where I want it to be. So back to the 95%. 95% of people decline the trade. You do get 5% that say, okay, I'm okay buying the player that you proposed to trade to me for. Maybe I like Juwan Johnson. Maybe I like Noah Fant. Maybe I like Hunter Henry. So they counter. They don't accept. Nobody accepts for a third. If you can get a third, great. Mission accomplished. You don't go past step one. But step two is if they counter for a fourth, now you're sitting there going, okay, I'm going to accept the fourth. And here's what happens with a lot of people that don't think about it this way. Ah, man, Logan Thomas, there was a point during this year where he was worth a spot start. He was worth a third. I could have started him. Same with Hunter Henry. Same with maybe Jawan Johnson. Maybe Noah Fant for his dynasty value. So they see that offer in their inbox. Man, a 24 fourth. Why would I accept that? And their mind immediately goes to, a fourth is a bad player when I go to the draft board. When I get to next year, I have to draft a rookie at that fourth. What is the analysis you hear from a lot of people? Well, that player you're going to draft in the fourth is never going to be as good as Noah Fan. And that totally defeats the principle of doing this deal in the first place. You've already admitted you're out of roster construction. You've already admitted you want to get rid of one of these tight ends. It's like having an item stuck in your living room. You want to get rid of it. So you put an ad out on Facebook or Craigslist and you say, someone come take this. You can have it for free. That's where you start. Please come and remove this from my house because the benefit to me is you remove it from my house. They show up and they say, here, I'll give you $5 as well. And you go, ah, man, it's probably worth $15. The whole goal was to get rid of it. So anything you get on top of it is a bonus. So the second step, if you get an offer of a fourth and you find yourself in this spot where you're out of construction, just take the pick. The pick is something you can worry about later. It's something you can throw into a deal later. There are going to be windows of time where that fourth has some value. Now, it might just be you have to throw in a fourth to move up one spot in the third round on the clock next year to get a player that you want. But that is worth more than something that you wanted to get rid of to begin with. So I think that's huge, is the second step is taking what you can get. If that's fab dollars, if that's something else that gets you closer to the roster construction that you want, that's a win. And a lot of people will just attach the name, see the fourth, and go, it's not enough, and they decline the deal. And then here's the other problem. Here's the other thing that really can trick you up. The reason why you would decline the deal for that reason is you saw the name you remembered earlier this year when Logan Thomas was startable. You remember earlier this year when Hunter Henry was startable. And if you've built your team in where you're going to platoon at tight end, you remember back to that moment and you say, man, that's going to happen again. 
it is going to happen again where Logan Thomas or Hunter Henry or Juwan Johnson or Noah Fant are able to be put in my lineup. They're going to come off of a game where they had nine targets, they scored a touchdown, and here's the tricky thing. During that window, someone else in your league may have deemed them to be startable. And that is where you really get tripped up as a non-portfolio player because you are more likely to say, hey, this found production on my team, I don't want to trade it this week because Noah Fant's a good start. He has a good matchup. He's coming off back-to-back games of seven targets, just hypothetically speaking. I'm glad I have him. And then you go to set your lineup and you go, yeah, but he's not in my lineup. But you know what? He's on my bench. He's on my bench. If this continues... Man, he'll be a startable asset going forward. But this week, I don't need to start him. And that's what happens a lot of times. You just eat those usable weeks for a non-valuable asset that has a very short window where you could actually liquidate them for something. Our bias says, now I'm going to wait and see if this continues. And then you revert back to the war and you say, likely, even if it continues, it doesn't matter. So this specific question is, what do I do? You go through that exercise, try to get a third. If you can't get a third, accept a fourth. If you get offered a fourth, do not let the name bias stop you from accepting the deal. Then you have a fourth. You also have a free roster spot. Then you can go to waivers and say, backup quarterback, backup running back. Some mechanism of future value has now been added. Think about if you didn't move one of these tight ends, you didn't pick up Jake Browning off waivers, and you never know there might be someone that at some point says, you know what, I'll give you a 25 third. So the lack of move for a fourth, now in a week after or a week down the road, cost you another third. The same third you couldn't sell one of the tight ends that you have for. And that is the portfolio mindset, regardless of whether you have one team or three teams or 50 teams. Thinking about your roster in this way and using roster construction and using a lot of the tools that we have on DestinationDevy.com to help kind of guide how you want to play it. Now, if you tell me I only have one league and my league isn't active and there's no way I'm going to be able to replace one of these tight ends, like that's okay. That's an analysis that goes above and beyond this. But I want you to be empowered to have the knowledge of thinking this way, thinking about your teams this way, even if you only have a couple of them, understanding where those leverage points are, especially in this day-to-day dynasty game. There's probably a two-week window where a guy like Logan Thomas has value. And what I mean by has value, not what Keep Trade Cut says his value is, because it's always going to say it's worth a 26 third or whatever it is. Has value means you can go convert that asset in your league for that value. Meaning, I probably need to trade Logan Thomas after he has the nine target game. And instead of saying, well, he just had nine targets, 80 yards and a touchdown, I need more than what his market price is. No, this is the window I can actually get rid of him. And getting rid of him because my roster construction is out of alignment of where I want it to be. So just think about that. Think about Dynasty through a different lens. It is not a reactionary game if you're thinking this way. You are always a little bit of a step ahead, but you're also valuing roster construction 
an extrinsic value. And I talk about that on tectonic transactions all the time. You're valuing the extrinsic value of getting the deal done when it motivates you from a construction standpoint, when it pushes your team in the direction you want it to go, just getting the deal done is the benefit. Not going, I'm going to hope someone else buys what has already happened. Because smart dynasty players, they're not buying previous results. I don't care what position it is. I don't care if it's a young player. They're not going to buy based on what just happened. Their analysis of whether they want to buy is, can it continue to happen? And with a lot of these tight ends, people are smart enough to realize they can't predict if it can or if it can't. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. It's a little longer than the typicals are going to be just because I did a little bit of an intro and wanted to kind of give everybody some context as to where I'm coming from with this show. It's just going to be me talking about my portfolio, talking about some things that I'm doing, ways of thinking that hopefully can make everybody better Dynasty players. Again, shout out to Dynasty Scarity in the Discord for the question uh, that I discussed here. Check out everything over in the Discord. You can either sign up through patreon.com backslash allgas or at destinationdevy.com. You get access to myself, Ray, a lot of the other content creators are in the Discord. If you tag us or DM us, we'll usually respond with you. And then also you get bonus shows inside the Discord as well. The AMAs uh, and some of the stuff that goes on and is recorded in the Discord has a private podcast feed uh, if you're interested in that. So join the Destination 5 tier or the Dynasty Trades in 5 tier to get access with all of that. Check out everything over at DestinationDevy.com. And hopefully you enjoyed this. If you have any feedback on things you want me to cover, and you never know, I may just answer follow-up questions every once in a while if I don't have a pertinent topic. Because sometimes, oftentimes, the listeners and subscribers of this show, of Trades in 5, of the podcast, they challenge me with questions that I really didn't even think to address. And I think that makes us all better. So if you have anything, leave a comment. Like, subscribe to the channel, do the same over on the podcast feed at Destination Debbie Radio and Wake Up with Ray G. Uh, you get bonus content on both of those as well from Trades in Five. And just let me know what you want me to talk about in the future. Uh, this is just going to be the place where I come on and talk about what I'm doing with my portfolio and hopefully make everybody a better dynasty player. With that, I will go ahead and sign off. See you next week and beat you.